Chapter 9 Time and Eternity Contrasted For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are for a season, but the things which are not seen are for eternity. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17-18 through 18. The Apostle Paul had to endure some things that to most men would seem very hard to bear, and some of these afflictions continued through many years. Indeed, the thirty years of his Christian experience seem at first sight like thirty years of self-denial and suffering for Christ. But in speaking of these afflictions in our text, Paul speaks of them as our light affliction, and also as our affliction which is but for a moment. Is thirty years but a moment? Yes, when compared with eternity. Your life of eighty or ninety years or one hundred years is but the twinkling of an eye when compared with eternity. And is the loss of friends, the loss of ease, the loss of the admiration and applause of men, the loss of home and native land, the loss of all that men ordinarily hold dear a light affliction? And is imprisonment, shipwreck, scourging, wandering, hunger, and stoning considered light afflictions? Yes, they are, when compared with the joy and honor and glory which are to be revealed in us in a glad day that is soon coming. When the sufferings of this present time are put in comparison with the eternal glories that are secured, they are nothing at all. And when all the wealth and pleasure and honors that one can possibly get in this world are compared to the eternal agony, ruin, despair, and shame that it costs to live for this world, they too are nothing. Suppose one gets a million dollars, two million dollars, or a hundred million dollars at the cost of being lost forever. Is it worth it? Suppose one's whole life from boyhood or girlhood to old age is one constant round of parties, feasts, frolics, and merriments at the cost of spending an eternity in hell. Is it worth it? The truly wise man does not look at the things which are seen, which are for a time, but at the things which are unseen, which are for eternity. This, then, is really our subject here, eternity. There is an eternity, and we must go there. The first thing our text teaches us, and which we know to be true, is that there is an eternity, and we must go there. It is the height of folly to refuse to think about eternity. A lady said to me one day, speaking of a certain shiftless young man who had had great opportunities in life but had thrown them all away, he just lives for today. He never thinks of the future either in the life that now is or the life that is to come. Everybody sees that the young man is an idiot. I do not think there is any difference of opinion on that point among any of those who know him. But is he really much more of a blockhead than the man or the woman who lives only for the brief days that we spend on this earth, and never thinks of that vast eternity which stretches beyond, to which we are all hurrying at express speed? There is an eternity. I may live ninety or a hundred years of the life that now is, but I shall certainly live millions and billions and trillions of years in the endless eons of years in the life that is to come. I shall live forever and ever. Eternity is the important thing. 
The life we now have is important only because it determines our eternity. Many a man who is wise enough to look somewhat into the future asks himself the question, Where and how shall I spend my middle life, and where and how shall I spend my old age? A man who is still wiser will ask himself the question, Where and how shall I spend my eternity? Have you settled that question? Let me put it to every one of my readers. Have you settled where and how you will spend eternity? If you have not, there is only one sane thing for you to do, and that is to settle the question now as to where and how you will spend eternity. Where and How of Our Eternity The second thing that I wish to address is that where and how we shall spend eternity is settled in this life. The life that we live now is the preparation time, and it is the only preparation time for the life that is to come. Time is the preparation time, and the only preparation time for eternity. The boy who has wasted his school days and failed to prepare for business life would gladly go back and live his wasted boyhood over again when he gets into the weary grind of a life that is the inevitable outcome of a wasted boyhood and young manhood, but he cannot. Much less can any man or woman who wastes this present life on earth come back from a ruined eternity and live this present life over. It cannot be done. You are making your eternity today. Men have tried to believe that there is some other time to prepare for the future for those who waste this present opportunity in this life. Such a hope is the baseless fabric of a dream, which has not one atom of foundation, either in common sense or in the more sure word of God. If, says Jesus, you die in your sins, whither I go ye cannot come. John chapter 8, verse 21. This word of our Lord Himself makes it as clear as day that where and how we shall spend eternity is settled in this life. It is settled on this side of the grave. You are making your eternity now. Some young man or woman may be saying in their heart, I will go out and have one more fling at sin. Do it, and it may land you in hell for all eternity. In the lost world of endless midnight and despair, you will look up and say, Dr. Tory told me that if I went out to spend one more night in sin, I would spend eternity in hell, and here I am. And you will wring your hands, and you will shriek, and you will agonize, and you will despair, but it will be too late, too late forever. I was dealing one night with a man in Minneapolis who was under deep conviction of sin. I urged him to immediately accept Jesus Christ, but he hesitated and left without deciding. He thought he would go into a saloon and have one more drink, and he did, and that led to another, and so on. Two years later, I received a letter from him from the state prison at Stillwater, telling me how near he had come to accepting Christ that night, but how he had gone to have another drink, and then another. He told of how he had become intoxicated, and while intoxicated, he had stolen an overcoat. He was arrested, tried, and found guilty. He had no recollection of stealing the coat, but said he had no doubt that he did. He was sentenced to two years in Stillwater State Prison. He added, I have accepted Christ here, but these two years have been wasted because I did not do as you urged me to that night. 
But ah, that is not so bad as to wake up in hell and know that you are to spend all eternity there because you did not take the step that you know you ought to take now. How to Secure a Blessed and Glorious Eternity We have seen that there is an eternity. We have seen that where and how we shall spend eternity is settled in the life that we live now. So we come face to face with the question, what must I do in the life that I have now that I may have a satisfactory and glorious eternity? First of all, if you are to have a satisfactory and glorious eternity, you must believe on Jesus Christ in your life now. God tells us this in His Word over and over again. For example, He says in John chapter 3, verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And He says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The first thing to do, then, if we are to have a satisfactory and glorious eternity, the first thing we must do if we are to spend eternity outside of hell is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Just what does it mean to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? God Himself answers that question in John chapter 1, verse 12. As many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Here we are told that to believe on Jesus Christ, to believe on His name, is to receive Him. That is, to simply accept Him to be to us what God offers Him to be to everyone. The Savior, who has borne our sins for us, borne them in His own body on the cross, and is therefore ready and able to forgive all our sins as soon as we confess them and forsake them. We must put our trust in Him. To receive Him also as our Lord and Master to whom we surrender the entire control of our lives, and receive Him as our divine Teacher, to whom we surrender our thoughts. Whatever else we may or may not do, it is certain we shall not have a blessed eternity if we do not receive Jesus Christ. In the second place, if we are to have a satisfactory and glorious eternity, we must serve Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace, but we are rewarded according to our works. Eternity begins with the coming of Christ and at His coming, Jesus Christ shall reward every man according to His works. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. Our eternity will be rich and full in proportion to the faithfulness of our service here on earth. There are many who think that all professing Christians will have an equally glorious eternity, but this is pure delusion. It contradicts the plain teachings of the Word of God and the teachings of sanctified common sense as well. The Word of God tells us that some will be saved so as by fire, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15, but others will have an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 11. The one who barely accepts Christ, who holds on to the world in a measure, and who does scarcely anything for his Master, will have no such entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He will have no such glorious eternity as the one who turns away from the world with his whole heart and gives up all its follies and self-indulgences and comes out and is separate and lives wholly for Christ, a life of constant self-denial and constant service. Professing Christians, 
Do you realize that you are preparing your eternity by the way you serve Christ in your life today? Do you realize that your eternity will be richer or poorer by the way in which you serve Jesus Christ on earth? Do you realize that every day you spend in hard service will make heaven that much richer and every day and hour frittered away will make heaven that much poorer? Ponder again those familiar words that God spoke to Daniel. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars for ever and ever. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. How important then is every day of our Christian life? Let me ask you the question, has today counted as much as it might have counted for eternity? Again, let me say that the sufferings we endure and the sacrifices we make for Christ will make eternity richer. The words of our Lord Jesus are very plain on this point. He says, Blessed are ye when men shall reproach you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Matthew chapter 5 verses 11 through 12. There are some who bitterly regret it when they are called upon to be reproached or slandered or in any way to suffer persecution for Jesus Christ's sake. Far from regretting it, we should rejoice in it instead. We should be exceeding glad, because these things bring great reward in heaven. Every sneer that one endures, every reproach that is heaped upon us, Every loss that we sustain for the sake of the truth and for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ brings glorious reward in eternity. Never forget what Paul said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us word. Romans chapter 8 verse 18. And how he says, If I suffer, I shall also reign with him. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 12. The seemingly awful tortures endured by the Armenian Christians rather than give up their faith in Christ, which to some people seems so incomprehensible, are no longer a mystery if we bear in mind how they will bring reward a thousandfold throughout all eternity. Don't whine, but thank God every time it is your privilege to suffer for Christ. The more you suffer, the more you can rejoice. The opportunity to suffer for Christ or for the truth is an opportunity for an investment that pays an eternal dividend. Also, if we would have a thoroughly satisfactory and glorious eternity, we must use our money for Jesus Christ. The use we make of our money in this life enriches or impoverishes our eternity. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17-19, through 19, Charge them that are rich in this present world, that they be not high-minded, nor have their hope set on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, that they be ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on the life which is life indeed. And the Lord Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19-20, through 20, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth consume and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
where neither moth nor rust doth consume, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. How few people seem to realize that they are making their eternity by their use of their money here on earth. But it is so. I think some of us will look back with regret from the other world and say, what a fool I was to invest my money in houses and land and jewels and luxuries, in novelties and trinkets, when I might have invested it so it would be paying me interest today. Men and women, the greatest practical question that confronts you and me is where shall we spend eternity and how shall we spend eternity? Will you spend eternity in heaven or will you spend eternity in hell? Will you spend it in joy and glory unutterable or will you spend it in misery and shame unutterable? Time is nothing compared to eternity. Ten, twenty, eighty years are nothing compared to eternity. Eternity. That is the all-important matter. Where you will spend eternity and how you will spend eternity will be determined by your action in this life. It will be in a measure determined by your action today. What you do today is of tremendous importance. If you have not already accepted Christ, accept Him now. And even if you have accepted Christ, but have been serving Him in a half-hearted way, give yourself up wholly to Him from this time forward. If you have been holding back from sacrificing for Christ, make the sacrifice at once. I desire with all my heart that my eternity be just as rich, just as full, just as glorious as possible, and by God's grace I am going to make it so, whatever it costs.